You are about to experience Vegas bad boys of podcasting. Fortunately, you are about to hear lots of opinions, but uh, rarely any facts. Impersonation might occur, but uh, good luck trying to figure them out. This program is not intended for kids or the easily offended. Listener discretion is advised. You have been warned. You press play. It's too late to stop. Get ready to podcast. There we go. Hey, welcome everybody to another edition of Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting. I'm your host, DJ Impact. I got the bad boys here with me, and we just finished with Impact Wrestling's Rebellion. <sighs> okay, look, uh, might as well just start from the main event and then kind of work backwards on the rest of the show. By the way, we do ask all of you, if you're watching us live, throw your comments into the chat, Facebook chat, that is, and we will be able to... Uh, comment and get that in as we um as we see fit okay all right look title versus title i know there was a release of a podcast that i put out on friday stating why i felt why i believe rich swan should be holding all three titles and of course that didn't happen okay does your mic stink does your mic stink (laughs) Because I would assume putting the mic up your ass to talk out of it probably made it stink. Well, that's because that's where his head was. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. I t- hey, 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 you know what, Impact? I ain't mad at you, man. Uh-huh. Every it, there, there always is a little boy inside of us that, that has dreams about certain things. And that was you with this uh, upcoming event. But I tell you, I tell you one thing, though. Absolutely right now. The match ended about 10 minutes ago. Is there anybody going, oh, okay, well, we knew that was going to happen. Was there anyone flying to order the pay-per-view because they was like, oh, you know, there might be a a chance of seeing something different. No. No. Right. So why not have created something different? It was too predictable. It makes no fucking sense in the first place. So then it should have never happened. Pretty well, much, no, they should have hired you. Impact. They should have hired you to, to 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 pump up the whole goddamn pay per view because you was the only person that was on ten. <laughs> Who's to say he wasn't? Well, I, he's the only person I knew that was on ten. I didn't know no, I'm saying who, who's to say he wasn't paid. He just didn't tell us. Oh, probably because you know that impact on impact. Uh... Stop it, please. <laughs> I wish. Uh, but I will tell you, it was uh, it was refreshing to hear uh, Morrow tonight uh, do commentary. He was it, he was he was awesome as usual. I'm like, hmm, maybe he should just be one of the regular guys at the uh, commentator table. So it was great to see him and hear him again. He he called the match perfectly. Um, anyway, uh, during the pay per view, we we found out you know Tony Khan came in doing an interview. Uh, while Gia was doing the interview in the back and pretty much said, look, you know, he brought the whole crew staff from AEW and even brought Aubrey, his referee, 
with them saying, hey, she can referee this too. And, you know, thank God that um, that that didn't happen. Uh, she got a chance to referee from outside of the ring uh, in case uh, Brian Hebner ended up getting uh, uh, injured, which he did take a little bit of a hit <laughs> during the ring, during the ring due to Omega. But guys, I, I got to be honest. I mean, dude, Omega just whipped all over <sighs> Swan, man. So does that put Swan <laughs> in the book of the greatest wrestlers in the history of wrestling? It could have, it could have become the start of it, but unfortunately, no, it's not. You know, what can I say? I mean, overall, it the 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 match it it, it wasn't bad until it it just turned ugly after about twenty minutes. It just I was having after twenty minutes. Yeah, I started to just have some. I was like, oh, here it is. The the V trigger, the V triggers, man. That just that that's what. I mean, when you take four or five of those, the one wing angel is just gonna come and it's gonna come quick and fast and whatever. And he couldn't stop the V trigger, so. Whatever. Anyway, yes, um, he is now Sounds like a street fighter problem. <laughs> Kenny Omega now has all the belts, pretty much. I guess besides you know WWE's belt, you know he also has the AAA belt too. We never talk about that. Yes, he, has, he does. Yeah, he has that belt too. So he's doing exactly everything they said that he was going to do. That they pretty much written out this this script in front of all of us wrestling fans. They're doing exactly that and not going off the script at all. How they told us what they were going to do. Yeah. They told us what they were going to do. I guess. You were the only person the only, who didn't believe it. <laughs> the, so. only, the only thing that he needs left in his Thanos gauntlet of championships yeah. is the New Japan Championship. And he's going to get that too. <laughs> so, basically then, he is really the greatest uh, wrestler of all time is what it's coming down to be, right? No, absolutely not. It's the dumbest fucking gimmick in all <laughs> fucking wrestling. Hey, I got an idea. Let's just kill all the companies by putting the belts from every fucking company that's not WWE onto one guy who can't fucking carry a show. Makes sense. Mm, mm. If they did this with Moxley, realistic. Omega? Jesus. Yeah. I will admit that Omega needs assistance with carrying a show i can't see him doing it by himself he needs a gimmick he needs an entourage since city steve i'm waiting for you to say mm, a little factual he's got an entourage well, no, like no, and, and that's the thing is <laughs> you're, getting, you're getting the kenny omega act like you're not just yeah. getting him you're getting the entire entourage mm. he's got himself a quite a quite a group of people i mean he before it's all said and done, he has at least 10 people in the entourage. So, yeah. 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 I'm just waiting for Buff Bagwell and Scott Norton. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that Dude, that, that'll be during the, the invasion of New Japan. You know, Scott Norton, that's the tie-in right there. I thought it was the invasion of the old folks home. Oh. <laughs> it could be that, too. There's a belt that's going to be taken by Kenny Omega, no matter what. We'll do it during Team Crumpet in shuffleboard practice. Yeah, it's going to be now interesting now knowing now I, I impact wrestling will co continue on as they will. And and I do enjoy the program, but not now not having a champion. It's like, I mean, what are they going to do? I mean, I can't wait to see Thursday now. How this is 
whatever. All right, have I they, guess have they moved the network? They haven't moved the network. Why would oh, they? Okay, do that? nothing's changed. Let's move forward. <laughs> so, so I think they might have the old Global Force Championship rattling around somewhere in the back. <laughs> oh. Oh, 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 oh. They, they might need to bust out the GFW title. Yeah, and get some Jeff Jarrett gold. Yeah, that's what I was just about to say. Get get Jeff Jarrett back. <laughs> Well, just other parts of the match. I just uh, the night just quickly uh, run down. There was the X Divisional Championship. Josh Alexander, TJP, and Ace Austin. They um, they had the match, and Ace Austin, of course, he came in as the champion, but he did not leave as the X Divisional Champion. Josh Alexander did. So shout out for him for taking that that belt there. Um, also, Violent by Design added a new member. And he goes by the name of W. Morrissey. But you guys know him as Big Cass. He's now a part of Violent by Design. And, um, yeah, I know, I know, I know, Matt Michaels. It's crazy, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> he, looking, he, he looking pretty pretty, pretty good. He looked good. Right now. He did look yeah. good. I mean, he looks healthy. He looks strong. Absolutely. But uh, we'll see where he goes. And, of course, he finished off Willie Mack. Uh, in the ring, which he, which he he did the pin on, and uh, and uh, he like you say, he looked he looked great. So we see where that goes. I don't know why they put him with Violent by Design. Now we we got a what is that now a five man uh, faction. I, probably a lot of watching a lot of AEW or something. You know, uh, <laughs> they just gonna Fashion keep City. adding to the to adding to the group. There was the Impact Tag Team Knockouts Champion Fire and Flavor going against Jordan Grace. And who was mentioned on last Thursday's uh, the person that Jazz picked to take her spot because, of course, she retired was Rachel Ellering, who's the daughter of Paul Ellering. So she tagged up with uh, with Jordan Grace and they became the new Knockouts Tag Team Champions. So that's really great, too. And by the way, Jazz did get her manager's license. So now she have she retired from the ring, but she now gets to manage the. Hold new. on, hold on. There's a manager. There's a manager's license. That's the first time I heard that on the show. I had I'll, no idea there was. I one. had no idea either. But apparently, she applied for it. And wow. <laughs> she yep. got it. What school do you yep. go to to get that one? 1970s. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the last two uh, matches to mention, the Impact Tag Team Champions, Finn Juice versus the Good Brothers. Apparently, they're back now uh, with the belts that they took over to uh, New Japan, and they retained their titles. So at least, you know, I guess at least those titles are back. We get to see them again, you know, <laughs> although they could take off at any point again and go, oh, you know, let's go participate in another match in New Japan. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then the last one to mention was the women's knockout title, Deanna Perrazzo versus Tennille Dashwood. They had a match and Deanna Perrazzo, they must really love her because she retained the title. Now there was an interference uh, from her crew that came in and get it to, uh, to interfere, but that introduced Taylor Wilde. Do you guys remember Taylor Wilde? Uh, apparently she yeah. was, is that again? Okay. Yeah. 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 So she, she's back. And um, my guess is he, maybe she'll team up with Tennille or who knows. But she came in to help Tennille during that whole uh, interference that came with Deanna's crew. So uh, she still is the women's knockout champion, Deanna Perrazzo. But that was the whole show. Overall, it was a, it was a good pay-per-view despite how it ended. But um, 
that's that. Uh, there was other matches, but not uh, nothing that really needs to be uh, mentioned. So overall, hopefully you guys got a chance to enjoy that uh, pay-per-view. And like I say, it's worth checking out this Thursday to see how they're going to start their uh, their show without having a champion. Shout out to everybody I see in the chat room. A lot of people are talking, and uh, and we appreciate you for uh, for being in there. Let's jump right over into Monday Night Raw. And our new thing that we do is, uh, although we all watch the show, uh, we now split where each of the bad boys take one hour of the show just to kind of give their thoughts on that. So uh, first hour of the show goes to. That'd be me. That's you. Sin City right. Steve. What happened? Yeah. So, you know, kicking off the show, um, we had a trademark Monday Night Raw promo. Um, that, uh, you know, kind of sets the stage for how everything's going to run. Um, I mean, you have Drew McIntyre out there talking about opportunity. Um, and long story short, it ended up with like 10 different people out there, everybody laying claim to everything. And uh, Mace and T-Bar, uh, <laughs> Mace and T-Bar, man, they're, uh, they got it in for Drew McIntyre, huh? Yeah. I, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know about this. Yeah, I don't think it's going to end that well. <laughs> I don't know, it's crazy, right? Um, but yeah, it, it, at least they're doing something with them. Sure. Um, that's that's the bright side of that. So, of course, uh, the first match of the night, uh, we had the Viking Raiders um, squashing Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin. Yeah, um, about a six minute match. Who did they um, piss it, off, Steve? <laughs> <laughs> they went from the hurt business and getting pushed. To now being squash squashed with the Viking Raiders, man. <laughs> Bro, that that's what I'm saying. Like, what the fuck? They signed I, I, was, up. They signed I up said for on this show that they pissed somebody off and that they need to find a place for him. Well, evidently they found their place for him, and that is being squashed by the Viking fucking Raiders. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Which is crazy because uh, how do you become yeah, how do you go from being your the tag team champions to now just being squashed mcmananomics yeah i mean listen if they were just the tag team champions okay that's a little sketchy but they were a highly pushed faction which makes it even more fucking strange uh you know i I don't know um which one of them uh receives their uh gear in a trash bag first (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> mm. yeah trying to get a lot of stories about people that used to normally get no shit trash bag there's more and more names popping up probably even today yeah yeah oh well um next up we had imagine this a promo this one was actually pretty good though um randy orton's backstage getting interviewed uh talks about the fiend and Good old Matt Riddle mm. sets the stage for probably the best the best sequence of the entire first hour that I had to watch. And that was Rand- Randy Orton's up there cutting the promo. Matt Riddle rolls up to him on the scooter and proposes being a tag team <laughs> called RK Bro. It was I, I fucking lost it. Orton did just as, just as much for this by the way that he didn't react to him and just left and <laughs> right. shrugged his shoulders. Yeah. And it, that honestly, that was the best thing that I saw in the first hour of Raw. Yeah. Um, 
they they obviously uh, there was a promo where Charlotte and Oscar got into it. Imagine this promo mania for the first hour of Raw. Um, and long story short, Oscar called Charlotte a bitch, which I guess they're doing every week now on whatever wrestling promotion that you're watching. <laughs> right. Every, every seriously, like all, all these women are calling each other bitches every single week. It's lost its impact. No wait, pun wait, intended. Wait. Just the women? I mean, even the guys even are calling guys. each other bitches. Well, yeah. It was almost like that's the only curse word it, you can use, I, so they've just gone overboard. I, I, I was going to get to that later in the show, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nonetheless, um, there was that, and then uh, the Riddle-Randy Orton match kind of bridged the first two hours, or the, the, the first two hours there. Yeah. Um, and it, it got off to a pretty uh, pretty good start. Um and I will defer to whoever's handling hour two to discuss that. It was me. Holy shit was the answer to that end of that match. They gave him a fucking clean pin over Orton. Yeah. No shit. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> right. That must have been the most surprising thing all fucking week in wrestling is that what was supposed to happen didn't happen. You know, you're talking about Rich Swan and, and Omega and like how fucking, right. you know, that that was pretty ob- sure. you know, obvious. Yeah. And here we get Riddle fucking beating Orton. And uh, I mean, fuck, the yeah. Fiend couldn't even beat him at WrestleMania. Right. No shit. Yeah. yeah. No shit. So, yeah. It, it may, Maybe they threw him a bone considering, you know, obviously the date of this episode of Monday Night Raw was April 19th. <laughs> Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was the day before the, next day. the day before Matt Riddle's favorite holiday. <laughs> and by I'm the just way, saying. by the way, I give give a shout out to Riddle and RVD for putting out that video of dude, bro, dude, bro. Yeah, yes. that was cool. That was fucking amazing. Yeah. Check it out if you haven't seen it, guys. It's online. Um, so we get to that Naya and uh Shayna and all that shit going on with that stuff. Um, obviously, they're starting the tension between Nina and Shayna. Mm-hmm. Um, but the biggest thing, I just, it hits me. Why the fuck would you ever stop if you're wrestling to look at a promo from last week, a package <laughs> showing this stuff? It, it just made no sense. Like, show the fucking thing before the match starts right and then have them come out and do some disrupting this was just a way to get an extra video it was fucking stupid <laughs> um and then what even makes it dumber is the fact that naya gets pissed and fucking you know abandons Shayna because of the it's it's it, you know, I'm just waiting for her. let let Shayna loose. I get I hate this gimmick. I want Shayna to be the way she was in NXT, dominating where people was f- just afraid of her almost. You know what I mean? I mean Dakota Kai was over here in the corner just shaking in her boots when Shayna was to come around, and now they got her in this clown gimmick with. When I hate well, it. I really hate well, it. Seriously. Well, I will tell you, if rumors are true, Vince McMahon doesn't like the way Shayna... Uh, I've heard wrestles. that, but I don't see how that... I, I, I hope that's not true, because I find it to be very entertaining. But, you yeah. know, what the fuck do I know? Uh, well, you know, it, 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 here's the thing. They're they're moving towards a breakup 
happening, it looks like. Um, I think that they're going to, because uh, we did see a little uh, possible uh, Garza tease. Yeah. Garza and Naya, maybe, at some Ooh. point. Or are we going to see Garza and Reggie wrestle for Naya, which would be amazing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Which I don't know why they got to wrestle. There's enough Naya to go around. <laughs> oh, no. You know what I do? I, I do. I just take a fucking, You do. I take a Vince Russo on this, get a goddamn forklift out yep. there, put Naya on a fucking forklift, and whoever <laughs> is left standing hits the button, forklift comes down, <laughs> and that's it. You win her. You got to say bro at the end of the day. You're talking about Vince Russo on this one. Well, I don't want to see too many bros because now it's Riddle's gimmick. So it, it's confusing. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on between the bros there? Um, so WWE should do more Spanish segments uh, that are pre-taped with the, um, you know, the, the subtitles on it. The Damian Priest Bad Bunny promo was very fucking well done. Yeah. It was it was amazingly well done. Mm-hmm. That is a way to start integrating that Spanish speaking audience to using your Spanish speaking wrestlers. It's been ignored for too fucking long. Yeah. This yeah. is a great way to do it because it becomes inclusive of the American viewing audience to be able to see what is being said. It's a good good job. Um um, and then, of course, during my hour, I get Ms. Fucking TV with Maurice. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sitting there, I'm watching this, and um, no amount of weed was making it any better for the first, like, five minutes. It was just agonizing. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, then when Damian Priest comes out, it really helped uh, break that fucking thing up. It got a little better, especially when we get uh, no balls in Spanish and then Maurice speaking French. Again, it's it's a way to include the actual personalities of your talent. And right. uh, mm-hmm. that made things a lot better. Um, <laughs> riddle to the new day. Thanks, <laughs> bros, for from the other Mo's. <laughs> Now the weed was perfect at that point. I think that's the funniest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> and, and then they finish it off. Silver dollar pancakes. Ah! <laughs> I mean, that was it. That was it. Um, until I realized they freshened up New Day by giving Xavier a bass guitar. Right. That was awesome. <laughs> Instead of the fucking trombone, right. bass guitar, and have him play a little boom, boom, boom during the fucking match. I think he was uh, playing Stone Cold. <laughs> what? Wasn't he? I, I, no, 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 I think he was playing Stone Cold's uh, theme music. I could have swore. No, he was playing New Day Rocks. Was he? I don't know. Yeah. And, uh, That's I've yeah, heard so much Stone Cold the- this week. I mean, everything is Stone Cold. I woke up this morning thinking about Stone Cold theme music. Theme music, Steve. Steve, Steve. Theme music. (laughs) So I don't know if Kovey actually slipped on the spot with Elias, um, uh, you know, in the corner when they were on top. But if he did, they did a damn great fucking cover on it. It was a great improv on it. Um, The match was 
you know, decent enough, but, um, you know, where the fuck is Elias and, uh, that other dude going, I, I, who is it? Does anyone know? Riker. Riker. Oh, that guy. Yeah. Formerly known as Gunner. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Elias and Alistair Black. I don't get it. Um, that was him, right? Alistair Black. You guys said, I'm sorry. Um, Wrong day. <laughs> and by the way, speaking of Austin, uh, how good was that Austin biography? And also, the most wanted treasures is fucking awesome. Uh, A and E doing a great job tying in stuff and working with WWE. Um, and if you guys haven't seen the treasures show, it was Mick Foley, which is entertaining in itself, but the recreation of Mr. Sacco's birth in Vince's office with Stephanie leading the way was just <laughs> phenomenal. Go out of your way to watch that. Vince, for as horrible as an actor as he is, is just so believable when he looks like he's just being annoyed to no fucking act. <laughs> it's great. It's great. He says it's an act. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's why he's good at it, right? You know, right. The acting sucks, but when he connects to something real, fucking phenomenal. Yeah. Then we get uh, Sally Lily um, and Alexa. Um, and holy shit, the Photoshop job was so fucking good. No shit. Being as stoned as I was, I had to stop and rewind it like eight times till I realized shit, they photoshopped the pictures. So I was like, oh my God, she really had that doubt. Uh, <laughs> right. I guess not. <laughs> for that okie doke. Um, yep. And then let's give it to Alexa. Because again, going on, if if there was one time bitch should have been used, I shoved that little bitch right off the swing and she fell on her ass and broke her arm. Then I got to eat up all her ice cream. Oh, <laughs> wonderful writing. Wonderful writing. Yeah. And Lily made me do it. I think uh, I'm going to fucking start using that myself in all the scenarios. Lily made me do it. Right. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, that, that's, that's your hour two stuff that we're highlighted. So, uh, awesome. hour three, man, hour three, I'll take this one. My goodness. Uh, it starts off with, uh, a two on one handicap, or at least that's what was presented for Drew McIntyre versus T-Bar in Mace. Yeah. I was not as excited as that, but even when I thought I wasn't going to be as excited and the match started, Braun Strowman comes out. And so then it then turns into Braun, or Drew McIntyre and Braun Strowman, who Braun Strowman now is, is a face. I'm pretty sure everybody can recognize that now versus T-Bar and Mace. Um, you know, T-Bar and Mace, uh, I mean, they're not horrible. Uh, I just don't know what the hell they're going to do with them. Yeah, I, to be honest with you, I mean, they worked the match okay. You know, they came up with a victory, but, I mean, it was off of mixed signals and stuff. I, I, I don't know. I, to be honest with you, I have no expectation for T-Bar and Mace. They don't have any masks. Uh, I really noticed that uh, oh, wait, Mace wait, has wait, a... Uh, what, what, re- what? Really quick. Uh-huh. We, we think they have no masks. Because, ironically enough, the SmackDown graphic that they showed you know for raw on smackdown had them in the masks oh yeah 
So they might have not stopped the masks. So they're going to put the masks back on. Like, <laughs> Bigaboo, just kidding. They put the mask back on. And by the way, on that thought, Simon, I'm glad you said that because the one thing, the one thing in, in all the hours that stuck out to me is the fact when they took those masks off, nobody on commentary said who the fuck they were. No, now they that weren't. they're totally recognizable. Right. Nope. <laughs> they're only still going by T-Bar and Mace. I'm glad you said it because I was waiting for a declaration of who they really were. But of course, they're going to stick with Teeth Bar and Mace. Of course. Throwaway yeah. names from Ninja Turtle Goons is what I would call that. <laughs> um, but, anyways, you know, moving on, uh, obviously, you have The Miz versus Damian Priest. Obviously, uh, Maurice uh, with her, uh, as, as you stated earlier in the night, she had volunteered The Miz. Uh, it seemed like everybody volunteers The Miz from these matches. <laughs> he's, not, he's not in charge. Either Morrison is volunteering him or Maryse is. But, hey, uh, shout out real quick. Uh, Maryse looks gorgeous. For someone who, you know, uh, literally, what's the youngest one that they have? Kudos to her. Like, for real. I mean, she's always just beautiful. Obviously, the Miz doesn't shut up about it. Um, but, yeah, pretty much, you know, that expectedly went the way it was supposed to with Damian Priest. I'm always happy to see Damian Priest um get work i want to see him separated from the miz but unfortunately that's not what i'm going to get as a wish he's like he's going to be in a program with the miz going into uh wrestlemania backlash um so that looks like that's what's going to be moving forward um next which was pretty interesting um as i've said before there was something that that, that happened and i did write some notes actually um we got a chance to see um uh, the open challenge for Seamus. He said he wanted to do it. And it was interesting enough, I got excited to see Humberto Carrillo come out. Uh, unfortunately, he got his ass whooped. Yeah. Seamus whooped his ass. Um, but I was happy to see him. I was happy to see him nonetheless. I was wondering what he, he actually looks a lot less like a child. Maybe some fa extra facial hair or whatever. But um, So that pretty much happened. And then we went to what's been happening the whole freaking night as far as I'm concerned. Um, Charlotte, a.k.a. Worst Behavior, as what she stated on her Twitter account. My goodness. Uh, she is on her worst behavior. Uh, <laughs> so it was her. It was Charlotte Flair versus Asuka. The match went really good, as what most of us would, you know, surmise. I mean, it's a classic match. Unfortunately, Asuka won, and Charlotte just was not feeling it at all. So much to the point that uh, Charlotte just decided to start beating the shit out of the referee. Uh, and here's the part that has me baffled a little bit because in the years of watching wrestling, how many times has someone lost and they've gotten pissed off and beat the shit out of the, uh, out of the, uh, the referee? A whole bunch of times, right? How often do we see them get suspended? Not much. So why is it that Charlotte's being suspended? Well, yeah, you're supposed you guys, to you're supposed to get fined and suspended. Ah, uh, that don't happen all the time. That's some new shit. You you missed the the. It's listen that story. That's fine, whatever. But you missed the big thing, and that okay. is this is the first woman who's actually taken out a referee. Nope, I and not only China. China's done it before. If I'm not mistaken, I gotta go look it up. But I could have swore I remember China. Throwing somebody, uh, throwing a referee around the ring. Yeah, but but not in the circumstance that, that the women's. You got to remember that's that was in 
either China when she was wrestling people like Sable, um, you know, it, it was not a division. There you go. Point. This, it was nothing that was established. This was the bigger, the bigger picture here, man. That was very, very because it wasn't even just like you said, she might have pushed or punched out a ref or something. Charlotte was fucking wailing on him. Yeah, and then like, she came back. Hold too. on, man. Yeah, she came back too. I I don't know. I mean, it's a, definitely a good way to look at it like that. But I also kind of looked at it as we kind of know where this is going to go. She's going to be suspended. She's going to come back from suspension. She's going to come into contact with the referee to where she's about to launch off quarter and probably holds back. We've kind of seen this before. WWE, come out of the box. Fine. If you want to go down this road, I get it. Let's do something new. I don't know what it is. You don't pay me. I haven't received a WWE check yet. But let's do something a little bit differently down this road. That's all I'm asking. Because but that's, uh, the, that's the thing. They already have by just doing that. Just by suspending her. That's something new? No, by actually having her take out a referee. Listen, you had two other referees there who wouldn't even like lay their hands on her. You had her essentially dominating three guys. <laughs> yeah. And also, on top of that, you know what they didn't do? Send agents down to stop it. They didn't sign well, security down too. to stop Yeah, it. I find that weird, too, because we get that all the time with the men's. So I have no idea of why they're going down it this way. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's a little bit of bullshit, but hey, that's just my opinion. We Are haven't seen it yet. But I sure haven't. That's why yeah, I'm hoping to do talk. something different. <laughs> Uh, it, it, and that's pretty much was was raw. Did I miss anything? The third hour wasn't oh, missed, great. You missed Meltzer, uh, Meltzer and Charlotte Flair going at it this week. <laughs> well, yeah, Meltzer always seemed to get himself in some trouble here and there, but uh, you know, yeah, but everything Charlotte said about Meltzer is correct. What did he say? Because I didn't even pay attention to that. Did, did, did she finally hand his ass to him finally? Yeah. Yeah. Thankfully, somebody did. To the extent of uh, basically calling him out on the fact that he apparently has her phone number, you know, and uh, didn't, uh, you know, make any effort to reach out and ask her. See, basically, it was because of the fact that she's going off tv to potentially have some kind of work done or something like that allegedly but dave basically insists this and was commenting on her look and instead of she basically said hey instead of commenting on my look look in the mirror you fucking you know piece of shit <laughs> right um it was it was really one of the first times a wrestler actually just called his bullshit out mm -hmm. that was, you know, straight up on him picking on her for her looks and getting work done because she doesn't feel comfortable in her looks or whatever the motivation is. Instead of like, you know, being uh, supportive or sympathetic or actually finding out why she's not going to be on TV for a little bit, he just threw that out there. Yeah, now, so. let me ask you this question, uh, because I do remember it, and I, I, if I recall, it was Meltzer that got in a little bit of trouble a little bit when he was commenting on uh, Peyton Royce. Yeah, Then this happened before Meltzer. COVID. It was almost the same thing. So he obviously has a problem, yep. and uh, he finally got called on it. You know, uh, quit being a chauvinistic asshole. 
Simple as that. You know, own up to it. Take accountability. Yep. Well, when he when he lose all his uh, his all pass access, we'll take that. You know, we'll take that here. Take that. (laughs) I'll actually. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, all we have to do is just start making shit up and putting it out there, and <laughs> there we'll, we'll have all access. Right. All right. Just get us Terry Taylor's number. <laughs> well, yeah. we're not going to do that because Vegas bad boys are a lot of things, but the one thing that we do have is integrity. Well, there you go. We're going to jump right over into AEW. Tell us all about it, Sin City. And at some point, I think I want to jump in there too, man. Because, uh, man, yeah, you know? you're Ooh. gonna make a you're gonna make a guest appearance. <laughs> no, he's gonna make it weird. <laughs> well, now I don't know. I, I want to jump about. in there. I want to jump in there. Yeah. Jesus. In any event, um, AEW Dynamite uh, got kickstarted with uh, Hangman Page and Ricky Starks. Mm-hmm. Um, this match. I thought did a really great job of getting the show off and running uh, pretty quickly. Um, it it set the tone for the rest of the night, though, in that after the in-ring stuff ended, you had everybody and their brother coming out from all of these different factions. Um, so Hangman Page obviously defeats Ricky Starks. Um, after wearing down the knee and uh, a really logical finish to that match. Um, I, I hadn't seen Paige use that move on AEW TV. He's used it in the past in other, uh, in other organizations. But uh, it, this was a great time to bring that move out and actually put it out there as a, a move that he can regularly use. So I think that's especially smart. Um, if you're going to be putting him up against, you know, bigger guys um, that he will want to use a submission on to finish. So mm-hmm. I think that's, I think that's definitely smart. Um, I, I do have to say, man, um, as far as these factions, when you've got team Taz out there, you've got the dark order out there. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. it, it just, it, it muddies the waters. Yep. Um, especially if you do it. And I I know that I've said this on this show, especially if you've done, if you do it in more than one segment on the same night and, and that same night is not a pay-per-view. Um, obviously pay-per-views are a different, different animal and how they should be laid out. But on your weekly TV show, my personal opinion, you should not have faction warfare where two full factions are going at it in the same night on more than one occasion, maybe two at the absolute most, but it felt like as if everything in AEW is focused around faction warfare, which obviously I get. And being an attitude era fan, um, you know, right in that time period, WWE had more factions than they've ever had, but this is, it's like I said earlier, it's muddying the waters, um, they need to chill on it. Obviously, I know that they've got blood and guts coming up on Cinco de Mayo, which, you know, that we'll see how the ratings go for that one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, if you're going to continue to the faction warfare stuff after your war games themed match, I mean, yeah, I, I, I guess, but you know, I, I would prefer to see less faction interaction. Well, let's, let's Steve, let's, 
let's go to the 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 honest answer and that is if you're gonna do it make it fucking make sense because yeah page are you going to is he part of the dark order right for fuck's sake (laughs) yeah i mean he parties with him he supposedly has the you know he's in the same dressing room so just make it official fuck it just like literally they're they're not committing one way or the other with this shit and And i think that i think people are starting to lose patience and the other thing too with that particular is that all of a sudden oh taz's faction is like totally on the same page right yeah so uh they doing too much yeah, I mean, you know, you were you were starting to tell a story with with Brian Cage and Ricky Starks, and now that's just completely out the window. That's d- complete WWE thinking, in that you're not going to have you know the the cohesion from show to show, and the continuity that obviously I talk about all the time. Yeah. Um, I I don't know, man. It it almost it almost feels like as if there are too many cooks in the kitchen when it comes to the writing room. Yeah. And I, I, I didn't want to think that that would be the case. And especially if we're looking at, a, at an instance like WWE, where on the main roster, you have 25 writers that develop those TV shows every single week, 25. Well, I, and I questioned, did they even have writers? <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's the thing yeah. that's the thing you've you've got people like you know cody and the bucks and omega these guys are 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 writing the show themselves well and and that to top that to top that the problem is is that tony khan just he's not vince right vince will totally shit on you know say fuck that we're doing this and even if it doesn't make sense, it's on Vince. I think that Tony, he's one of the boys. Oh, what do you guys want to do? Yeah, yeah, no, that's a great idea. Let's do that. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, will he, will he get things under control? Yeah. I, I, I'll tell you, man. Um, speaking of faction stuff, though, Jim Ross did a sit-down interview with the Pinnacle. And uh, obviously, Wardlow called out Chris Jericho's verbal flub uh, with his promo, which was the only fuck-up that he had in the entire promo. It was a spotless promo other than that, and he just mixed and matched those two words. Um, Good on Wardlow calling that shit out. Um, That was awesome. But one thing, and you guys should go back and just revisit this promo – Take a look at the other members of the Pinnacle as they're watching MJF deliver his promo. Yeah. They know that they're in the presence of and witnessing greatness. Yeah. They're Listen. they're 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 almost marking out for the guy right there on the same fucking screen. This is where I've got to jump in. Listen. <laughs> Every time I think that MJF has had his best promo he somehow outdo it again. This promo was so good. I had to. I ha, I'm sorry. I have to. I have to just quote some of it. Okay. He he's talking about this to Jericho. You stand in front of a bunch of of B's so you can look like an A. You wrestle a bunch of A's so you don't look like a B. 
And when it comes to elevating the talent around you, Christopher, I'm just going to have to give you a big fat F. Dude, that's a mic drop right there. I mean, seriously. I was like, whoa. I mean, facts. I mean, I'm just like, I just can't. And he delivered it perfectly. And I love the line where he, where he ended up saying, in the fact, he called him the mark. He says, yeah, I'm a mark. I'm not a mark for you. I'm a mark for your spot. Dude, MJF, I tell you, <laughs> they better lock him down with whatever he want going forward. I'm serious <laughs> because he is a star. It's, yes, like you're saying, Steve, they, you have to just admire him when he was just saying that. It was amazing. I was truly just even more impressed after I watched that promo. Now, 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 here's the thing that you may not know about MJF. And I came across this on late nights trying to go to sleep, looking at social media. I do that to try and go to sleep. Came across an old video of a young MJF on Rosie O'Donnell's show. Maybe you might have seen it circulated. And dude had the sauce at like five. <laughs> he was comfortable as shit. In fact, he adjusted his little tiny arms and shit on the freaking chair and just... And he just, he, the boy, the boy has the gift of gab from get go. So all the stars are lining up for him. And yes, Impact, like you said, everybody else says, pay him all the fact he needs to be top billing on the show. Fuck everybody else. I'm sorry <laughs> to shit on anybody else that's working hard. That right there is your golden goose. I think we just learned that Simon Street watches old episodes of Rosie O'Donnell at night. <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> Say what you want, man. But when it's hard to go to sleep, you just go through and start watching random YouTube videos and looking at, you know, whatever you can. That's just weird. And I came across that incidentally. And, and I was like, oh. Shout out to uh, on our uh, messenger, Chris. He says, in AEW writing room, the perfect booking or storyline writing scenario would only have the elite going over the elite. <laughs> so, <clears throat> yeah, pretty much. Exactly. But. Yeah, man, I let you get back to it, Sin City. But yeah, I, I that's one of the things I just had to say, man. That yes, the MJF, I, I, yeah, you watch, you you can see why they were looking at him the way they were because it's just watching greatness in front of your face. Yeah, without a doubt, man. And I, I do have to, I do have to give uh, Sean Spears props. He did finally get rid of the bleach blonde mohawk. <laughs> yeah. So he dyed it back so that it's you know his his natural color or at least close to it. So. There you go. And um, yeah, honestly, yeah, you hit the nail on the head. MJF is the, he, he will be the AEW champion within the next year. And if he's not, then there's an issue. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, definitely. So from there, speaking of AEW champions, uh, the AEW women's championship match, uh, Hikaru Shida versus Ty Conti. Mm -hmm. And uh we we've mentioned it numerous times. <laughs> Ty Conti, Ty Conti has gotten extremely good in the ring compared to what she was. Yeah. Um, she has come so far in the ring and it, you know, it's, it's obvious how much work she's putting in at trying to better herself. And, you know, Sheeta is definitely no slouch to say the least. Um, Sheeta picked up the win, but um, it was, it, the match was laid out in, in an extremely great fashion as well. So props to the agent for this match. I honestly, I saw she, I, I saw Sheeta drop on the title. I, I thought that Sheeta was going to drop the title midway through the match. Um, but 
yeah, they they definitely delivered. Um, both ladies brought it. And uh, after the match, you've got uh, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, mm-hmm. coming out there on top of the ramp, basically telling Sheeta that she's next. So we'll see where that goes. And uh, that will be the person that takes the title from Sheeta. Yeah, I think um, so, too. Yeah, so yeah. that's that's definitely going to be it. All right, so from there, um, you had an inner circle promo, which I'm not going to lie. I was I was a bit underwhelmed, um, especially when in comparison to the Pinnacle promo from earlier in the night. Um, I thought that, you know, Jericho, um, you know, with the, the show tune thing, it, it didn't really land, in my opinion. Um, I mean, he's... He's amazing. He is he is one of the best in the history of the business on the mic. But I don't know. It just this one just didn't land with me. Um it was really good to see Santana um actually cut up cut a bit of a promo on the mic as well. Um for so long, you know, Santana and Ortiz, they uh they don't cut promos, they do their talking in the ring. And um I think that you know, this was good to, to kind of see the promo ability that Santana has. Um, we'll see what happens next week with, uh, you know, the go home show for blood and guts. Um, obviously they're going to have some sort of crazy interaction next week. Mm -hmm. Um, so that should be cool. Um, and then, I mean, you know, you had a couple of quite honestly missable matches, uh, QT Marshall beating Billy Gunn, uh, you had Christian Cage uh, beating Will Hobbs. Um, this match, when I saw that it was announced, I wasn't looking forward to it, um, but it makes it makes a lot of sense. And they did they did well with you know what they had. Um, I did find it interesting that they're seemingly putting Christian on every single show just to put him on every single show. And I think that that's, you know, that that's kind of them. I don't want to say backing themselves into a corner, but they gave him the slogan of outwork everyone um, when he first came in. And now it's almost like, as if they're feeling like, as if they have to prove that every single week. So. Can't wait until he's paralyzed. (laughs) You said it. I didn't bro. You said that I didn't, but the the main event was awesome. Um, you had Darby Allen defeating Jungle Boy uh, for the you know retaining the TNT Championship. Um, they they killed it. They absolutely killed it. For so many people to say that you know AEW is you know just strictly WWE castoffs and people that made their name elsewhere. Um, I think that it, I think that it's good that they're able to trot Darby Allen out there and that he is able to main event and that he is able to deliver on those main event matches week in and week out. Um, obviously dude, he's jungle boy carried him, man. That's what I was going to say, dude. I, so here jungle boy, um, obviously when he's in there with you, he's going to make your night a lot easier. And that is something that definitely came across. Um, Jungle Boy is another person that I think that they can build the company around Mm -hmm. if they can keep him around. Um, So if nothing else, 
this main event continued to prove that the future is definitely bright and that they don't have to rely on WWE castoffs. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, cool. Thank you much. We'll jump right over into NXT. What were the uh, the highlights, Mr. Street? Well, pretty much the highlights is, is that uh, Kyle O'Reilly started off the show. Um, interesting enough, uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe I kind of saw it a little bit, but was he kind of looking like somebody else that looks pretty cool with the jean jacket and some sunglasses? A little bit too cool for school? I'll leave it there for a second. That's cool Kyle, uh, man. Huh? That's cool, Kyle. Hey, definitely cool, Kyle. So yeah, he came out, you know, was uh, letting everybody know, you know, what was going on, and of course, the one guy that you know I, I will say is, you know, you talk about AEW people, you could build a company around. Uh, I'm going to go on a long shot and say that you could build NXT roster uh, around, uh, you know, Cameron Grimes a little bit because. Uh, Interesting enough, man, he comes out. I know Matt Michael's not going to agree, but there's a whole nother level to uh, Cameron Grimes that's going to come out. It ain't going to be the wins and losses column, but there's something where I think he, there's more to see. But anyways, he came out, obviously was talking that bullshit to Kyle O'Reilly. Kyle O'Reilly knocked him in the teeth for it. And I mean, that sets up what's going to happen at the minute, you know, the, the, the last match of the night. Um, kind of moving along. I mean, there was some cool stuff. I mean, I, I did, I did like the LA Knight Dexter Loomis. They went, they had a match together. That was pretty good. I mean, LA Knight finally didn't lose, so uh, you know he he actually had one over Dexter Loomis. Uh, you know, that was interesting enough. Um, before I go into any other matches, there was some some stuff. The highlights, honestly, were, was only one match for me, and that was um, Sarai versus Zoe Stark. Sarai just came over from Japan. I believe it was Sarai Fujimura, I think is, 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 is her name. And uh, she was good. I, I don't know much about her. Usually Sin City Steve is more of our Japan, uh, uh, you know, officiato. Um, but from what I saw, it looked good. But also, too, Zoe Stark, yet again, looked amazing. To me, that match stole the show for NXT, quite frankly. Um, was high energy from start to finish. Um, you know, it was just, it was really, really good. I mean, you know, uh, Sarai went over, uh, super excited to see kind of what happens. And I will tell you this, there's a lot of times when people say that somebody is a striker. All right. And when you see them strike, it's not always hundred percent believable, which he hits. And yes, some of this goes towards Zoe Stark. It looked like it hurt like shit. Because when she was striking, like, there's her whole goddamn arm and shoulder went in. And, like, and again, Zoe was was selling it like a pro. Uh, it she just, sounds she just, like her style's kind of strong. Yes, it's very strong style, obviously. <laughs> but, I mean, she just looked amazing. And so I'm super excited that, yet again, we have another addition to the women's, the best women's division in pro wrestling, in my opinion and other people's opinions. If you want to know what a women's division looks like, AEW, you might want to start taking the notepads of what NXT is doing. Just saying. And it ain't because y'all ain't got the talent. is y'all have the direction. So yeah. I'll leave it at that with that one. Anyways, um, kind of moving along and everything. You know, uh, you know, a couple of other matches they had. Um, Kushida 
uh, who was the new cruiserweight champion, uh, go against Oni Lorcan. He was calling want to see if anybody wanted to get these get these hands. Oni Lorcan came out and uh, and obliged him. And uh, you know, unfortunately, he he failed. You know, uh, Kushida got him. Um, I think in between two, they had a couple of uh, promos that I think was pretty cool, little side stuff. One of them was the interview with Beth Phoenix and Io Shirai. Um, and Io basically kind of talked about how she's going to come back for the title eventually, but she wants to heal first. And then um, during that time, uh, Miss uh, Monet comes out, or the dog comes out rapidly and kind of, uh, you know, interrupts the interview and basically was saying, hey, you know, I like you and everything. You know, I want to come and take your spot. And all of a sudden, Io Shirai get up and say whatever she said in, in Japanese. I think she said, bitch, if you don't get out of my damn interview, I'm going to fuck you up. <laughs> and Monet was like, uh, I don't understand what you just said. <laughs> and just she bounced. Um, that was pretty cool. So I I thought instinctively that she was going to go up to the main roster um, at some point. I don't think that that's the case. Or if she does have another match down the road to probably be the next takeover. And that'll be her send off match most likely before she goes up to the main roster. Um, other than that, I mean, we got to see uh, ever rise lose again to Imperium. Seemed like every time ever rise comes out, man, they're ever losing. And uh, you know, that, 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 that was an okay match, but you know, ever rise is still doing their thing. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, and then, and then last was the last match of the night was Kyle O'Reilly and Cameron Grimes, you know, the follow-up. And um, Kyle looked really good. Uh, you know, Cameron Grimes looked really good. And, and that's why, like I said, uh, I, I like Cameron Grimes in the mix of things. Uh, I really do. Uh, no, no, what you said was Cameron Grimes could be built around. He could be built around. No. I, well, <laughs> no. That's your opinion. That's my opinion. And that's okay. Okay. Yeah. It's, well, it's okay. if you if you booked for them, they'd be out of I business. don't book for them. And that's why I can't have that. an opinion. Because obviously, if I had a paycheck, Matt Michaels, I would probably maybe not book the way I'm booking now. It's okay to have an opinion, man. It's okay. Don't shit all over my opinion. But besides the point, Cameron Grimes, <laughs> Kyle O'Reilly, Kyle O'Reilly coming off the top rope with that knee to the back of the shoulder, head, neck, whatever you want to call it, that pretty much finished the rest of the match in Kyle O'Reilly. And I, his theme music is growing on me. His theme music is growing on me. I did not like it at first. I thought it was generic as hell, but uh, it actually grew on me. And I, did, I, did, I do actually like it. I look forward to it when he comes out to it. But he needs to change out some of that cool O'Reilly look. I mean, I need... That that might be a little bit little bit cutting close to somebody else. You know, we, we better than that. We better than that, Kyle. We better than that. Um, uh, other than that, I mean, the only other thing that uh really stood out for, for the night. Oh, there was one match that that I didn't want to really mention, but uh, shout out and kudos to um Brizongo. Uh I think I'm the only person that says it, but uh, you know, they're definitely NXT veterans, mostly uh Tyler Breeze, but uh the matches they have with the Grizzly Young Veterans, man, I mean, they, they really have a lot of good matches. I don't think a lot of people give them credit. You know what I mean? Like, like they can go. Yeah, I, I don't think it's enough to, to obviously put them in a title picture. They obviously are workers. I get it. But uh, just shout-outs to them. They're always entertaining. And them top hats that they was doing back and forth, that shit was entertaining to me. Maybe not to Matt Michaels, but it was entertaining. I don't know why you're over here like, can we get this done? Because this is literally four minutes 
under AEW's whole spiel. Yeah, well, both of them were the whole fucking show. It wasn't the whole freaking show, bro. (laughs) Anyways, that's it for me in NXT. Yet again, another great night. All right, all right, all right. And uh, shout out to the folks in uh, coming in on the chat. And uh, we'll get right over into uh, ROH. Just a little ring of honor for you. Uh, so I I thought I missed something uh, last week because they have been promoting, promoting the 500th episode where two of their biggest matches – Jonathan Grisham and Jay Lethal, they were going for the pure title. And then you had um, uh, uh, Mark Briscoe and um, who's the other Briscoe? Is it Jay Briscoe? Yeah. 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 Um, So they have been promoting that. And then the show never, never aired. So I totally just forgot about that until I watched this week's episode, because if it just doesn't record, I just figure, I don't know, is it a bye week or whatever? So now I come to find out that that show was on was on ROH Best Best on the Planet. And now that I found out what it is, it says that it's a new digital first 24-7 linear network that will offer Ring of Honor wrestling content 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So I had new I had no idea that they had this this new programming and they put the 500th episode on there i mean i would have watched it promoted and everything i thought it was just a part of their regular weekly programming was going to be the 500th show so apparently they have something called best on the planet i'll take a more look on that but just so we know that match that did happen between uh jonathan grisham and jay lethal uh grisham did uh retain his pure title on that and between mark and jay mark won that that match as well so i hear it was really good it was three hour programming show again i had i had no idea they gotta they definitely they should have really been pumping that wait it was a what they, it three said, hour? yeah it was a three hour uh show i mean this was a big deal and again they didn't promote it as such a thing i don't know why they was promoting it to be in the 500th uh episode but that was it i mean where, I, where did they go wrong I just want to know what else was on the show because if you had two matches and it was a three-hour show, Jesus, God, hell of a long one match. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, apparently they had they must have had a lot more matches, but they was just focused. Well, theirs was um the the pure title was a, a, a sixty-minute time limit, and I don't think they went sixty minutes, but it was that. So who knows? I mean, that could have. <laughs> That could have went. Oh, it's yeah, right here. It says Ring of Honor celebrate the 500th episode of Ring of Honor Wrestling with a three-hour block of programming airing free on the Ring of Honor Best on the Planet. It's a block of programming. It's not a show. Okay. So they probably yeah they probably gotcha. gave you three hours for free to celebrate the 500. Okay. Okay. Yeah, well, I'm glad again. So I didn't get a chance to see that. I have to go back and see if I could find that match because I would have, I would have loved to see it. But I did get a chance to see uh, this week's match and um, two matches. Great again. There was a a match with Dak Draper versus Eli Isom. Both of them are are sort of starters within 
Ring of Honor in, in terms of their records, they both were almost similar. I think Dak was like six and one. Eli was like um, four and one or something. So anyway, they had a match, a 15 minute time limit. And eventually that match went the whole 15 minutes. It was a, it was a draw, something you don't you don't normally see. You know, my whole thing is if you're going to start putting time limits, which I don't necessarily agree but if you are going to put time limits on there, at least do something different with them. And that is something that you don't normally see. You don't see a lot of draws. Not to say that you want that you want to see that. But if a match is really good to a point where you really just don't know how it's going to come out and then it comes to a draw, okay, you know, I, I'll take that. Uh, and it did. In that draw, though, as they begging, both of them in the ring, Eli, give me five more minutes. I, I can beat this guy. Give me five more minutes right now. I could take him. I was, I had him right there. After all that, who appears? Dalton Castle. Now, if you might have known, he did sign uh, four weeks ago back with Ring of Honor, but we hadn't seen him yet. And he appeared right behind him, four of the boys. <laughs> Now, you gotta you're gonna have to watch that. I'm not gonna go into it, but this whole dance routine he did with uh, uh with the boys, I gotta tell you, it's um one day, Dalton, you're gonna have to allow us to interview you. Okay? That's all I'm saying. Just allow us to uh just interview you because you definitely have a vision, you know, and I could just tell when I saw that whole routine <laughs> that went down. Um Eventually, he did get in the ring, and Dak and Eli didn't even get a chance to wrestle because he ended up kicking both of them between the legs. Yeah, so we'll see where that goes with that. The main event, Violence Unlimited versus LFI. Now, just in case you're not sure who's in Violence Unlimited, is Brody King, Tony Deppen, Chris Dickinson, and Homicide. That represents the entire uh, Violence Unlimited. And against LFI is Roosh, Kenny King, and Bestia. So that was the match that took place. And um, it ended in a DQ. Because someone's always got to grab a chair. Kenny King. All right. Yeah. Someone's always got to grab a chair. And then that ended that whole thing. And because that ended up not being a fair match and they're acting out of control, that brings down the foundation, right? Because the foundation, their whole purpose of their group is to maintain order in Ring of Honor, okay? Just follow the rules. So they had to come down and maintain order, but of course, the show went off the air. DQ on that match, very good stuff. I tell you guys all the time, Ring of Honor, if you don't get a chance to watch it, try to. It's one hour, it's entertaining, usually no more than two matches, and uh, you will be entertained by that. So very good programming this week. And um, again, I got to go back and, and watch the 500th episode because it really seemed like it was, it was probably really good, you know? All right, we're going to jump right over into SmackDown. What happened on SmackDown, Matt Michaels? I didn't put a whole lot of notes on there. I just put a couple, but, I'm, you know, what's your take? Well, uh, listen, most of, most of SmackDown was like listening to Simon do a oh NXT fucking review. It was just an hour's worth of uh, Cesaro and Daniel Bryan and Uso and Seth and Roman. Um, it was worth it. The tag team match was uh, very, very impressive in terms of five or four guys who've never tagged with each other, but they're all tag team wrestlers. Mm -hmm. So the match made sense. 
a lot of times you see these mix-ups and it just doesn't really work very well those four guys are incredible yeah um uh, you know, something that I'm sure, um, you know, Simon, I'm sure you're getting this shirt, uh, the uh, smash them, stack them, pin them. <laughs> I'm sure you're getting that because because uh, like like Roman said, you're the guy on the bottom. He's the bottom, right? Who's <laughs> on the bottom? Apparently, Daniel Bryan is a bottom, according to Roman. He, he's a bottom bitch. That slipped by Fox, <laughs> which was fucking amazing. Was he really um, at the bottom, though? That's what I, was, I I didn't get a chance yeah. to go back and check seat because he was the bottom bitch. Okay. Yeah, because uh, Edge was, was yeah, slamming right. on top of him, and then he put them both. Um, <laughs> so that is going to be a, a new shirt going around. Uh, Seth's using the rain delay as a fucking excuse on why he lost was brilliant. Um, <laughs> the... Uh, <laughs> Cesaro, you know what? Is speaking a- of going back to South, I just want to shout out. I, I like the new uh, theme and video package. I thought that was pretty cool. Something, yeah, and yeah. also, and also the the tights with the yep. uh, the Obama looking poster yeah. of Seth on him, right. his own tights. Yeah, that was pretty sweet. Um, Cesaro is a casino loser. That yeah. is the fucking beautiful line. <laughs> um, and speaking of Cesaro, holy shit! So a one handed vertical suplex. Uh, a superplex from the top rope where he takes Che Usto from the fucking ring apron mm-hmm. over. Usually you do it from the top rope with the guy on the top rope, but he actually physically takes him up and lifts him over on the suplex. It was fucking unreal. And then the swing for what seemed to be like 20 minutes worth of swing. Right. You have Daniel Bryan out there on the mic the whole time, cutting gold. You have this great swing, dumps him, grabs him back up. Brilliant, brilliant stuff. Um, you know, to carry over into this whole Cesaro challenging. And in the final segment, of course, we find out that uh, yeah, Roman uh, really wants to give Daniel Bryan the shot. And uh, if Daniel uh, loses, he's not going to be seen on SmackDown again. So looks like next week is the end of Daniel Bryan uh, for a little while. And I think we'll probably see him uh, maybe contemplate the retirement. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, or it go to Raw. I did want to shout out uh, while, we, while we mentioned Daniel Bryan. First off. I thought the promo that he did on on behalf of, of Cesaro starting off the show, yeah, it was just excellent. Um, I mean, except for one thing, mm-hmm. and and this is kind of this is what bugs me. So the reason we assume that Cesaro has never been elevated is because of the Swiss accent. You're giving him a shot to be elevated. What do you do? Put the fucking mic in another guy's hand to talk. Yep. For him. I, I noticed that too. So I they didn't like that. Yeah. So apparently they st- apparently they want to promo the way Daniel did it, but don't feel that Cesaro can do that. That's no, what it is. they don't want the Swiss accent. They really don't, man. It's not even they feel he can't do it. Yeah. They're just not giving him the opportunity because. There's someone backstage who really just can't understand anything but English. Who is that? Let alone tell people <laughs> apart. Who is that? Do you know who that could be? Wow. The, the old the old man who wears the pens most likely yeah. now. 
Old fucker. Oh man. Oh well. Yeah. Well, that, at least that's... he's dependable. <laughs> that's awesome. I like it. The only thing that's consistent with his logic is his shit schedule. Um, I actually thought, speaking of which, with uh, the whole thing with Daniel Bryan, I actually thought for a second, and maybe I was overthinking, which probably was, as I thought because Daniel Bryan had this thing in the last thing between uh, Edge that he's an opportunist. So I kind of thought they were going back at that angle, hashing that angle as, oh, well, now you're just showing up here, boosting up Cesaro to what we saw at the end is still in another opportunity. I, and I and, I don't know if they're going to go down that road, obviously, because yeah, they just want to get him off the TV type of thing. The difference is Cesaro told him to take the opportunity. Right, he did. He, did. he, he said, you got to take this. So I, I just think that, it's, yeah, it's it's getting Daniel Bryan out of the picture uh, for however long he has to go. So here's a question, um, and I'm so sorry, yeah. Matt, because we just keep uh, interfering in your segment. But at what point, oh, yeah. though, because everything that Daniel said about Cesaro is truly how we all feel as fans. Just someone who's just been ignored over time, but has been one of the best wrestlers in this business. So at what point will we, or will we, or will we not never see it, where he actually get to the point where he maybe can become universal uh, champion? I mean, is it possible even a year down or uh, down the line? Do you ever see that happening? Or, I mean, you shaking your head, oh, Sin City. You don't think so? Yeah. No. Okay. Unfortunately, not. Wow. But it will happen if Vince McMahon. That's the only way. Designs or dies. But in that's Vince McMahon's way. world, over my dead body. So that's what. How, okay, yeah. so, how do you have such oh, a hard worker? Like I just, I don't like that. I, that's the thing I just hate. Like Cesaro is, de- he is everything that Daniel said is so true. He re- yep. really is one of the best hard worker. The things he does is amazing. His work speaks in the ring. Why would you not give somebody that opportunity? Even if you want to throw a manager on him, why not give it to him? Go ahead, Michaels. Let's. Sorry, this is your segment, and I. I, I no, it's it's fine. I mean, it's. It, but what you're doing is you're ignoring ten years. Hmm. You know, the fact of the matter is, is the. Listen, you've seen, you know what this company is. The company is all about making the money. The money is invested in guys like Roman, Cena, Seth. I mean, this is where they see their money. Ironically, you have a guy who's Swiss, so you can't say that it's like he's Hispanic or he's, you know, African American or anything like that. So this guy is whiter than white. He just doesn't speak English to the sound of what they think money sounds like. Got you. Okay. That's really about yeah. it. Um, he might get the opportunity. Quite honestly, he shouldn't right now. Because the best way to go about this, if you're going to keep the belt on Roman right now, Summer's you have years. Roman ditch him as a chicken hit shit heel without ever proclaiming himself as a chicken shit heel. Yes. Got you. That would be brilliant. And then you can, you know, if, if uh, you know, don't forget too. The, the whole promo that was cut by Seth was the fact that the only reason he won is because he got lucky, right? Yeah. If you continue that motivation, you potentially could give him the title at WrestleMania, you know, work it up. Or before WrestleMania, if The Rock's available and we know Roman will be going against The Rock then, right? Mm-hmm. 
then you have an opportunity where he doesn't have to be your main event at WrestleMania. So that's a possibility. But um, Reggie, big pop. Great to see him back. Wonderful. And uh, the amazing suit he wore was <laughs> awesome. Down to the matching fucking shoes, <laughs> which was awesome. But even more so was that T-shirt of Naya. Right. And boy, oh boy. I mean, I can't <laughs> wait to see how that one sells. That's going to be interesting. Um, so, yeah, we'll see probably the breakup of, again, Shayna and, and Naya played out on SmackDown again. Um, you know, KO and Apollo. Yeah. And then Sami Zayn came out. Mm-hmm. And boy, did that match that get a lot fucking better. Yeah, Putting yeah. him on commentary for that match was amazingly smart. Yeah. Um, it, it really covered up just kind of again. The sad thing is, is that Apollo's talented, but yeah. He doesn't have the it factor yeah. like that. You know, he does. The, yeah, and he's got the big guy outside the ring, so you know, there should be a little more like you should feel like, you know, he he's he comes off as almost not a good heel comes off as just this cocky you can't beat me. And even though the guy, the big guy behind him is doing all the winning for him, it it gives him the air of like he's a winner. This it just seems really just odd. It almost seems like the character's good for him, but the um the heel capabilities just seem eh. So I'd like to see more of an exploration. Also, maybe put him in with guys who are lower tier right now to establish him as a legit champion. You're throwing him right in with fucking KO. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then we got to see Sammy dance. So well, that was amazing. That was priceless. I ran that back. Yeah. <laughs> he could come hang out with me at the club. Real, I actually saw talk. a shirt on uh, on uh, pro wrestling tees with 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 his dance moves printed mm-hmm. on, yep. <laughs> on that yep. shirt. I was like, okay, that's that should have been something that. Uh, WWE Shop Zone should have thought about because that's an awesome <laughs> shirt to kind should of have. Get. Yeah, should have. But uh, the proceeds from that shirt actually go to his charity. Yeah, so sure. Which is which is awesome. I mean, Sami Zayn's doing some amazing work outside of the ring too. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, final thing on that show that uh, I, uh, just Bailey's the best. Oh yeah, she's Hands the fucking best. <laughs> I mean, just that that rant that she's doing, and you know, he's he comes in, he's got Bianca on the phone, okay, and then when Bianca shows up, all of a sudden Bailey just is just so kind. She's yeah. got such great words for her, and then she she walks off and then turns back and just one more thing, and just starts laughing uncontrollably yeah. and then just leaves <laughs> and you saw bianca's look and that's the beauty of you know these these women getting to actually play you know and and just get a little bit of a chance to be characters and that's what women's wrestling was missing is the yeah. idea that there's multiple level to these characters right 
know, and, and that's what we're seeing. Um, so and they do it better than you know, the men in those cases. Sure, absolutely. They do it better than the men. Absolutely. If you if you gave them uh, an hour or two hour show, um, you know the, the ratings would probably be better than um, you know you would expect. You'd probably see um, a very equivalent draw to what NXT draws, yeah. if not more. I'm so. interested. I would rather see an all women show personally. Uh, I get more excited watching women's wrestling than men's. It just I feel like women have more to offer on the character side. Like on, on no, nah, not that. I'm being honest. I'm being com- completely sincere. They have more character development. Very rarely have I seen in the last three years. I want to say someone that's totally like blah. Like you know, there's been a couple, but not much. Carmella, Lana. Other, yeah, <laughs> uh, other than those two, other than those two, everybody else is pretty much spot on with their character development, you know? So I'm glad you said that. Thank you, Matt Michaels. Appreciate that. Well, no doubt. Let's, um, as we get close to the end, we wanted to, we have to mention what happened at New Japan Sin City. They crowned their first strong open weight champion. You want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, man, definitely. Uh, so New Japan Strong uh, on April 23rd, so just a couple of days ago, um, that's when the <clears throat> finals of the New Japan USA Cup tournament uh, went down. Mm-hmm. And uh, congratulations to MLW's filthy Tom Lawler as he defeated Ring of Honor's Brody King uh, with a rear naked choke. Uh, and they they beat the shit out of each other for 20 minutes. <laughs> um, yeah. So... It was it was a solid match. Uh, highly recommend that you go back check it out. But uh, congratulations, definitely to uh, Vegas's own Filthy Tom Lawler nice. on winning that New Japan Strong Open Weight Championship. Absolutely. Immediately after mm-hmm. immediately after the match, though, yeah, um, he was uh, he was faced with his first challenger, and his first challenger for that uh, Strong Open Weight Championship is going to be none other. Then Chris fucking Dickinson ah. and man. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm all for that. I am all for that. Yeah. Let's yeah. Let's I, get that going. I, I, I would love to see these two guys just beat the hell out of each other in a new Japan ring for sure. Right. No doubt, man. A lot of wrestling going on guys. And um, we are now at the end of our show. And I tell you one thing. The wrestling world and community right now isn't buzzing over anything. You know why? Because everything tonight was predictable. Exactly. Because right now we should be <laughs> we should be going crazy. We should be like, I still can't believe what happened. My God, Rich Swan's got all three titles. I can't wait to see what's gonna happen on AEW Wednesday night. I can't wait to see what's gonna happen Thursday. Or I, I can't wait. This is crazy. Can you believe he did no. No yeah, one, just nobody's not saying us, anything. Show us so, the betting. Show us the betting slip. <laughs> yep. When Wednesday night, literally, Dynamite has to start with Kenny Omega coming out with all four championship belts. Yeah. The AEW, the TNA, the Impact, and yes, the AAA Mega Championship. He needs to have all four of them, and he needs to just rock all four. Why they couldn't have been in the trailer when Moxley just ran his truck right into and, it? That would have been great. And I, 
I, I have to I have to point that out because <laughs> someone in the chat actually mentioned, "Hey, good job, dumbass." They sent me a private message at least okay. so that no one else in the chat had to view it. But uh, yeah, so <laughs> Mike says, "Good job, dumbass. You left out the promo and and the bitch AF." So <laughs> that's my fault. Um, yeah. So obviously, uh, there was enough time for uh, for the elites to escape their trailer that they were cutting the promo in right. <laughs> um, after it got hit by the, uh, the black truck from uh, John Moxley and Eddie Kingston. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, bitch AF. It's already a shirt. <laughs> it's all no, no, seriously. I'm it's sure. already a shirt. I'm sure. Bitch AF. So, <laughs> Oh man. And well, by the way, guys, I want you all to be safe out there on the roads out here in Vegas, knowing that Moxley is a resident. No shit. <laughs> right. Especially if you're in the Henderson area. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, man. All right. Well, good stuff, guys. That's our uh, wrestling talk. We want to thank everybody for hanging out with us in our uh, chat room while we're here live. And we're asking you if you are hanging with us, stay tuned because we're going to drop right back on for our three count and we're going to have some really good topics you're going to want to hear on that but if you're listening to us on the podcast thank you for listening don't forget to download tuesday episode of three count and you'd also don't want to forget to download the um the falco files that happens every wednesday as well really good stuff on that show a lot of podcasts are coming out to you and um we thank everyone for just uh listening for um subscribing for donating we thank you so much shout out to jade we appreciate you we thank everything that you do stormy mormon shout out to you again and by the way congratulations Stormin. um our our, our boys actually uh got engaged so uh yeah yeah he's gonna come over into my land (laughs) come over to my (laughs) world okay so uh yeah. So uh, yeah, congratulations for that. So other than that, uh, thank you. Everything. If you do want to contribute, it is on our Cash App. It's Vegas Bad Boys with a Z. Vegas Bad Boys with a Z. Say whatever you like, and um, and we'll appreciate that. Okay. So until then, uh, stay tuned. If you're watching us, we got three count coming up next in the podcast. We'll see you uh, the next day. Peace. Biggest bad boys of podcasting.